0: Welcome to the Rooted Alchemy podcast where I talk about women living powerful and autonomous throughout all the phases of their lives. I'll share my heart on women's wisdom, healing and wellness, wild pregnancy and birth, and topics on pelvic and womb connection. I'm your host, Bethany Wild, a massage therapist who focuses on women's wellness. Thank you so much for being here. So, today I'm going to talk about our cervix. It's a topic of the female body and the pelvic area that isn't often covered or really very well understood. Most of us don't think about our cervix, you know, know how to locate it or even know what it looks like. Often, our first interaction with it is during late pregnancy or if you've had an IUD or any kind of gynecological procedure or results that involve your cervix. Um, It's more in the realm of pathology and issues than maintaining health. So for me, I had never seen a cervix until I sat with others in circle during a women's gathering, and I got to see in person what it looked like. You know, some might think it's a strange thing to do, but it felt really natural and normal with these women, and we were all really honored by what we shared and saw with each other and how it helped us learn more about our bodies. There were less than five of us in this small yurt, and there was this sacred, holy space created by this share, which I... um. A credit to the energy of the cervix and a woman's body so i'll share a little bit about your cervix some of the science and anatomical information some of the esoteric and a little bit a little bit um, about scar tissue and how to work with healing that since it's a common but not talked enough um it's not talked about enough of an issue affecting affecting us as women so your cervix it's technically the bottom of your uterus but instead of smooth muscle tissue like your uterus it's made up of this harder connective tissue and your cervix is always changing throughout the month and during the different seasons of your life so during your bleeding time your cervix is usually low and it's firmer kind of like the end of your nose and it's slightly open to allow that blood to flow through and as you move towards ovulation in the month your cervix gets higher and it gets softer and wetter as this fertile cervical fluid comes through and you know this fertile fluid is produced by these tiny glands within your cervix it's basically what helps sperm survive and work its way towards an egg deep inside you so understanding the changes that your cervix undergoes helps you connect more to your body and understand your fertility cycles which can help you get pregnant or avoid pregnancy without hormonal birth control and all the side effects that come along with that, which really just kind of takes you out of a cyclical existence and um, creates fake periods. So if you're interested in learning more about this method of working with your cycles to prevent pregnancy or conceive, check out the popular book, um, Fertility Awareness by Tony Weschler, W-E-S-C-H. L-E-R, it's an incredible, really detailed resource for the topic, and I'll put that in the show notes. Um, Let's see, then, on an esoteric and spiritual level, your cervix is this, it's a doorway to life, physically and metaphysically. During these liminal few days of the month when you're actually fertile, Um, your body is open to receive and create the alchemy for new life within you. So whether you're interested in conceiving or not, and for most cycles of your life, it's going to be the latter. You don't always want to conceive. It's probably just a few times in your life, really. Um, So during this time, you can still tap into this incredible open spiritual and creative energy, it feels to me like a kind of portal opens to allow you to access the deeper reserves of your power and your creativity. And if you do conceive, it is through this same portal, this this physical and energetic portal that many months later, your beautiful developed child makes its way through that same doorway as it opens to the fullest capacity that it will ever know and um, you know from my experience the same thing happens during um, pregnancy release, miscarriage um, that kind of situation it's it's a it's a birth in its own way and you can. Feel the outward expression of this creative energy in your life as you feel more energized and extroverted and receptive to others around you during your ovulation time. It's it's something that we all know that we feel. It's even um, scientifically proven, but not that we need that as we feel the difference in our lives throughout our throughout the month. You know, as we have more energy throughout ovulation and then. We work towards the winter of our cycle before bleeding. So through our female bodies, we contact the divine. We are the veil between the worlds. The cervix acts as this physical place of this veil. And like every other part of our body, our culture does a great disservice to the magic of the cervix and the gifts that it can really bring us. It has this innate intelligence. And when we can tap into the center of our internal pelvic structure through um, you know, deep meditation or the massage practice I'm gonna share with you, we can access the energy of this portal. And um, what's also interesting is that there is a concept in Taoism of... Uh, called genital reflexology, where certain points inside the vagina correspond to different parts of the body. And this comes from the work of Montauk Chia, who's a Taoist master who brought incredible practices to the West and a really prolific writer. So he's, he's written a lot of books about um, a lot of these Taoist sexual, sexual uh, cultivation practices you can check out. But in this reflexology model of a woman's internal genitals, and there's also a corresponding male version, a woman's cervix corresponds to her heart. So many women find that cervical orgasms create an incredible heart opening and transcendent experience. And then there's the cervix oxytocin connection there are these tiny receptors in your cervical tissues that alert your body to release oxytocin in response to different stimuli. So this is one reason I love herbal pelvic steaming, or as you might um, know it as yoni or vaginal steaming, basically the steam contacts these receptors at your cervix and promoting the release of oxytocin, And it's kind of what gives you that deeply relaxed feeling you get after a steam session. Like I fall asleep a lot after. I just feel really relaxed and kind of tired. Um, And then there are actually higher concentrations of oxytocin receptors during what's called your luteal phase. And that's the time between ovulation and the first day of your period, which is the bleeding time, um, than any other time of the month. And I don't have the data right now. I should probably look that up. But I believe that um, you do have more uh, oxytocin receptors on your cervix in late pregnancy than at any other time of your life. And that feels true to me. But I'll, I'll look that up again just to confirm and maybe put that in the show notes. So with such a potent area for healing and transformation your cervix can also act as a kind of storage site for emotions and memories and with a lot of modern procedures and experiences it can also be locked up or restricted with scar tissue so this is where this issue that i mentioned of cervical scar tissue comes into play And if you've ever had a procedure done to your cervix, which is, you know, a lot of us, you likely have some degree of scar tissue there internally. Now, a scar is the body's natural response to injury where this dense fibrous tissue replaces the more um, elastic and healthy tissue at the site of any wound and scar tissue is normal. And what, what it normally does is it goes through this uh, remodeling process where it eventually returns to the state of normal tissue again. And often after surgery to another part of the bar- body, like um, a shoulder, you can reduce the formation and buildup of excess scar tissue by moving your joints as soon as possible, and this is where things like physical therapy come up, um, commonly after surgery. But um, the thing with pelvic surgery and especially procedures done to the cervix, which is already a pretty um, numb area for women normally, it can be difficult to help this tissue return back to you know normal afterward. We we don't have to know or understand the importance of creating movement and blood flow in that area of the body. Usually we'll just kind of leave that area alone. Um, And that's kind of part of the issue of um, emotions and trauma that are kind of locked up in that area. It does encourage us to avoid, um, avoid that area. So problems come when this tissue remains dense and the scar tissue spreads. So this can reduce nerve supply to the area and reduce function and movement in your fascia, your muscles, and your other tissues. And it can be difficult to know if you have scar tissue or not, or how much. And what's really interesting is that younger women tend to get kind of more than older women, since they have more of a natural scar response to injury or surgery. And all of these issues in the pelvic region can cause a number of issues like pain or or tightness or even fertility issues, as well as potential problems or, um, maybe not problems, but, um, can kind of prolong the birth process. So I just I just really wanna mention this isn't to scare anyone, but just to improve awareness on this topic and to inspire you that if you've undergone any procedure to work with the practice of self-massage to support your body's incredibly intelligent healing process, which it does when given, you know, a little bit of help sometimes. And I'll share that in a little bit so i want to share this quote from aviva rom who's a md herbalist former midwife and i read this quote on her blog talking about the issue of cervical scar tissue okay for decades those of us challenging the OBGYN status quo particularly midwives observed an alarming phenomenon Many women who'd previously been subjected to leap procedures and cone biopsies to burn, freeze, or cut out potentially precancerous cells after a bad pap note false positives were notoriously high with the older version of the pap smear. Went on later to have difficulty with cervical dilation during labor when they had babies This was due to cervical scarring and stenosis as a result of the aforementioned procedures. Many of these women ended up with cesareans because of a failure to progress as a result. The failure was not in the women at all, but in an imperfect and often overzealous gynecology system that tended to slash and burn first, ask questions later. I'd like to think the intentions were good and some were, but big money has been made in the name of cancer prevention. So there's a lot there, um, and I typically believe deeply in the birth process, and I think even if you've had scar tissue, um, the body will will work through that. I, I think the whole failure to progress leading to unnecessary cesareans are um, incredibly rampant, and um, often due to issues with women's care providers and the environment that's created there. So, um, I don't necessarily agree with her that this scar tissue is creating this impassable blockage. Um, but yeah, some of the, I'll share practice with you at the end that you can do to kind of help with this situation and potentially help a little bit more with the birth process if you feel like this is an issue for you. So at this point, you might be wondering what are some of the common procedures or situations or indications that you could be having cervical scar tissue. I'm going to list a few here. It could be more um just see if any of this resonates with you so iud placement cone and punch biopsy leap and let's procedure cryosurgery to the cervix dnc procedure cervical tearing or trauma after birth long-term use of hormonal birth control which would be let's say more than a year a previous cesarean birth pelvic inflammatory disease, endometriosis, Asherman syndrome, or emotional armoring, pelvic trauma, and sexual trauma. If you've ever experienced any of these, you have a few options to address any possible scar tissue or um, even what I would consider emotional scar tissue that's kind of lodged in your body and in your tissues so you can find a pelvic floor physical therapist or a body worker who's knowledgeable about scar tissue and pelvic floor massage and you can also to some degree do this work yourself and I always encourage and promote that we can do this work ourselves and we're perfectly made for it so I'm just going to describe a little bit about how I would suggest doing a session by yourself. So I would start with an herbal pelvic steam. And if you go to my website, bethanywild.com, there will likely be a pop-up that offers my free guide to herbal pelvic steaming. There's a ton of info in there on the history of the practice, how to steam, suggestions for a number of situations. There's really just a lot there that I packed in that ebook. And if you're listening to this in the future and that pop-up isn't there, likely I'll have it somewhere on my website maybe under free stuff or something like that. I'll I'll make sure that it's always easily accessible for those who want to find it. And I didn't include specifically scar tissue or anything um, as an herbal blend uh, suggestion in that book, but you can really just kind of go by intuition here. I think some great herbs for this purpose are mugwort, rosemary, oregano, calendula, or lavender, um, or a combination of those, anything that's kind of um, soothing to tissues, stimulating circulation, that kind of thing. So you can use a cup of dried herbs and spend about 20 minutes or so steaming. And then when you're ready for the internal work, for scar tissue, I always recommend the use of castor oil. And castor oil is excellent at breaking down internal and external scar tissue, nourishing tissues, and stimulating a healthy immune system response. There have been studies that castor oil actually increases our body's production of lymphocytes and studies have shown that they regulate wound healing. So in general, wherever there is congestion, scar tissue, decreased blood flow, and a need for healing, castor oil can be a great option. And I typically have used it in my practice as a castor oil pack over a woman's uterus or ovaries or even her lower back kind of sacrum area for any tissue that feels really hard and stuck or um there's just there's a whole number of reasons why you might want to do a castor oil pack but I've also done it on my husband's um old injuries like on his shoulder and that seemed to really help so I just love this oil ah uh, let's see and Yeah, in another episode, I'll share more about vaginal self-massage and other work of de-armoring your pelvic area. But for now, just know that this is really an intuitive process. The purpose of a vaginal massage is really just for helping bring feeling to numb areas, releasing trigger points, exploring your pleasure, and connecting to yourself. So you can just stop there or, you know, with the castor oil and the use of that, you can address scar tissue just depending on where you're at and what your situation is. If you feel like all this scar tissue talk doesn't really apply to you, you can still do this same process, you know, just use um, any other oil. I would kind of stick with maybe coconut oil as the safest option for internal use or if you really just kind of warm yourself up enough you you won't need any kind of oil so again um to begin all you need to do is just put a good amount of that castor oil on your finger if if you want to use this oil and once you're inside just begin to warm your tissues up by massaging and you want to do this after a warm up, and I usually recommend to for the warm up to be some kind of meditation, breast massage, even self pleasuring before entering inside yourself. I think that's a really important thing to do. You don't want to just kind of go straight in and bypass, um, you know, the the full opening. Of yourself. Even if after a steam you're going to feel really juicy and open, I still think it's really great to just spend some time connecting with yourself, meditating, um yeah, just massaging other parts of your body first. So, after you've done the steam and the warm up and you feel like you're ready to um start massaging internally and you're in there, you're gonna find your you're, you're gonna try to find your cervix, so the feel of your cervix like I mentioned earlier that's gonna change depending on where you're at in your cycle so if you're um if you're ovulating, it's gonna be different than when you're near your bleeding time and so um I kind of have a high cervix so it's it's kind of hard for me to actually reach it. So if if that's you just go as far as you can. Um, and there are really, there's some great tools out there. Um, and I can put one in the show notes for a tool that I really like called the honey dipper. So I'll include that as a tool. If you feel like you really can't locate your cervix and you just can't reach it. And if you're drawn to the use of speculums, you can find them online to use at home um which I'll also include another resource for that if you feel like you need just a little more visual help in finding out and just kind of looking to see where everything is. but once you reach your cervix. Just intuitively massage around the area. It may be sensitive or numb likely. So just be aware of your sensations and don't force anything painful. And a a lot of this practice is using visualization. So visualize with your loving touch, renewing your tissues, increasing circulation, and bringing energy And health to your pelvic bowl you can visualize a beautiful golden or white light or pink light just bathing that whole area just really see if you can place your full consciousness inside your pelvic bowl and your cervix and really be present with sensations really be rooted in that area and if your mind wanders just Just continually bring it back. And I think that is a huge part of regaining sensation in that area is continuing to place your consciousness there and your energy there. And sessions can be really as long as you like, but just for a guide, if you're looking for it, you could try around... 20 minutes of steaming followed by maybe like 10 to 15 minutes of massage twice a week just feel into what changes you notice over time and adjust accordingly there's no um there's really no specific guidelines just follow your intuition that's what I tell everyone (laughs) and if you're if you're not ready to do this yourself or you feel like you're having some difficulty maybe or um, anything like that, you can find a professional who's skilled in bodywork and scar tissue to introduce you to this kind of touch and perhaps suggest some at-home exercises you can do. And just to note, it's best if you've had a recent procedure, just to wait until you're fully healed and there's no pain. It really goes without saying, but don't do this. If you're... You, or, well, you might... I wouldn't say don't do this if you're pregnant but be really um just aware of of what you're feeling and what your intentions are for this. I personally avoid, you know, doing too much internal massage or any massage especially to the cervix when I've when I'm pregnant um or yeah, if you've recently given birth just just wait a little while with those situations it's really best to just allow our bodies to to heal on their own as they will do really just give in enough rest and feel into when you feel ready for that kind of touch after after birth for instance or after procedure so i just want to close this out with um, an invitation to get more in contact with your cervix Really, I feel like exploring it can help you get in touch with deeper layers of health and pleasure, connect you to the patterns of your fertility and your power and your creativity and appreciation for your body, for this part of your body, and the the magic and the mysteries that it can hold. And one more resource is a website called The Beautiful Cervix Project at beautiful cervix.com where they show real pictures of what the cervix looks like on different women at different stages of their cycles or their lives. And it's really fascinating to connect with our anatomy in a visual way like that and appreciate its aliveness and, and just how much it can change over time. I love just viewing anatomical pictures. I've always been interested in that And I feel like it can really help us connect more to our own anatomy since it's kind of like for us, the pelvic area is this, is this underground territory and it can be hard to visualize and connect with it if we don't know what it looks like. So this is just another tool to help us get in touch with that. So thank you all for listening today. I hope you got something out of this and I'll talk with you soon.